What's up, Africans and sports fans? It's your boy, Coach CZ, and today we are in Eugene, Oregon, to sit down with Francis Okora. Francis is a Nigerian basketball player in NCAA. He's currently at St. Louis University after transferring from Oregon. I love the story of how football dreams in Nigeria turned into hoop dreams. Keep it locked right here on Africans and Sports. Richard sets up a coral. Where you're from is like one of the most violent places in Nigeria. Yeah. How do you kind of stay away from all of that and stay focused? I always have this mindset that no matter how hard it is for me, it's going to be good someday. And I wanted to use basketball as an opportunity for me to pave away for myself and my family. What's going on, Africans and sports fans? Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Chris Kosizi Strawn, and we've been traveling all over the world to deliver the realest, most authentic stories from athletes from the great continent of Africa. Today, we're in Emerald City, Eugene, Oregon, to sit down with Lagos, Nigeria's own Francis Okoro. Francis, hey. how you living, bro? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm trying to get used to all this rain, bro. You from Nigeria. <laughs> how are you used to all of this rain every single day? Um, I mean, it rains, it rains a little bit more in Lagos like this, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, we cannot have the rainy season during August, like August, November, it rains a lot. So I'm kind of used to it. Now, tell me about your upbringing in Nigeria, because I know here at Oregon, you guys are spoiled. The gear <laughs> filled night got you guys super lit. How, how was it growing up? Um, I mean, growing up for me was um, was a little bit struggle, you know. I grew up in um, Lagos, Bariga, um, one of the most violent places in Nigeria, mm. you know. Um, to me, this is just a blessing from God, you know. Had an opportunity to go to a good school, you know, for free, and also play basketball, you know. It's a huge opportunity for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you say where you're from is like one of the most violent places in Nigeria. Yeah. How do you kind of stay away from all of that and stay focused? Um, it, it was really hard, but um, I was um, I was more determined because because um, in my family, my dad and my mom were always into argument because my dad was he was a man that was frustrated. You know, he wanted something better, so he became an alcoholic. So mm. um, so he always got into an argument argument with my mom, and he. He was also smart, you know, he told me that I should be careful, he gave me advice and he wanted me to be a better person and um, he told me whatever I got to do to, you know, stay away from this place small, I should try to do it. So most of the time I go stay with my friends and it was still hard because you're still around people with violence thinking, you know, negative thinking and stuff like that. But I'll say it's God, you know. God helped me most of the part. Um, growing up in a religious family too also helps. Yeah. yeah, tell me more about your faith. Um, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Christian Catholic, you know. Um, I grew up understanding that whatever I do, I put God first and doing the right things. No matter how life kick you, you just gotta keep doing the right things and everything's gonna be straight. So. Back in Nigeria, before basketball came into his life, Francis was making a name for himself on the soccer pitch. 
From a young age, Francis traveled all over Africa competing and representing Nigeria. Um, the bad guys around me wanted me to do something right, so they always led me to play soccer and just stay away from them. Mm. And um, soccer was like the value for me because it helps me not to think about the things at home, the dramas at home, the dramas around me. I just go there after school. After school, we play soccer till like nighttime and come home, go to bed, go to school, play soccer, you know. Um, basketball was a sport that I usually, um, I usually used to hate, you know, because it's for the rich people, you know. Yeah. The rich kids play soccer, um, basketball in Nigeria. So I never wanted to play it. Um, I felt like, I mean, it's, I always felt like it's useless, like you dribbling the ball and just throw it to the small hoop. So mm -hmm. I was like, it's boring, you know? So I, I didn't used to like so um, basketball. basketball. So one of my friends tried to introduce me to it because I was getting taller. Mm -hmm. He was like, you should try this. So I was like, no, I tried it. It wasn't fun, you know? <laughs> but until I came to the States and actually started playing it and Fell in love with a game my freshman year in high school. Mm. Yeah, ever since then, you know. So ninth grade, you're in Illinois, right? At this yeah. time? Yeah. You get to Illinois and you fall in love with basketball. Yeah. And now this is your new getaway. Like you said, soccer was your getaway from everything that's going on bad at home. Yeah. Now basketball is that in your life. Yeah, yeah. How did that even come about? You said your friend is the one who introduced you to it, but how did you end up falling in love with it? I think it was um, trying to land the game. What yeah. do, you, do you ever sit back and think about that? Like, I'm a Division One athlete. I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah. I'm a Division I One athlete now. After I came back from Nigeria, I just um, looked back because I saw some people that, um, that were older than me and they were surprised to see me. And I tried to ask about my friends and Unlucky for me, they're all dead because mm. the kind of situation they grew up in. Man. No single one was alive, even my classmates. And and I was just thinking about that. I was like, man. And I also had some offers to play soccer. You know, as a kid, you could play soccer professionally. Mm -hmm. um, but I was just happy that I made the right decision, you know. Yeah. And just thinking about it. Um, just visualizing if I didn't have this opportunity, who knows, um, who knows where you would be. Where I'll be yeah. Probably back at home doing yeah. whatever, you never I know. I don't know, because kids get frustrated, you know. You see, you feel like you could go to school, but nothing's going to come out of it, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're just trying to make it because... Um, families and all that. So you just get frustrated and you just be like, all right, I don't care what happened to my life. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do yeah. just to get this money. Yep, for real. Yeah. yeah. Man, I know your mother is proud of you, man. Yeah, she is. She is. Um, she don't even know basketball. She yeah. don't know anything about it. She don't even know I play for She only knows I go to school. She's <laughs> like, okay, how's school? Yep, that's what she yeah, cares about, huh? Yeah, she don't know... She never seen me play basketball before in her life. Oh, wow, for real? No, nah, my dad never did too. What's your relationship like with your dad? Um, we had a good relationship, although the only time was bad probably when, um, when he gets drunk, you know, and most of the time he tells me when he's better, he's like, hey, um, son, I want you to do this, but most of the time I don't want you to judge me by this. But mm. yeah, we had a good, you know, deep talk 
you know, he talked to me about life, you know, told me a lot about his growing up and his um, family and what he, what he thinks is best for me, you know, but he was just, um, he was never a bad person to me, you know, mm -hmm. um, he was always pushing me to a positive vibe, you know, level and we just didn't, you know, we just didn't have that sports fighter relationship, you know, mm -hmm. like, hey, son, do this. Like, he didn't want me to play soccer. Ah. He felt like soccer was, he felt like soccer was not going to do anything for me because we got so many so people, people playing, play. you know. Yeah. Like, our relationship was more of like an adult. He never talked to me like a kid, like you, you know. Yeah. He, if I made any mistake, he feels like I don't have to make it. Even when I was little, like growing up, before even I remember I was 11 years old and and um, I think there was like a riot, you know, mm -hmm. and he was like, go inside, go take care of your your brothers, your mom and all that. I was like, go take care of them. Like, you think you want me to fight these people, you know? Yeah. He was like, no, you go inside. Then he had to go to the, because everybody trying to like, secure their family because right. there could be a riot like five times in a week, you know, just kids it's just crazy. throwing bottles and cutlass coming to your shop and steal your stuff. So once it's six o'clock, everybody close the store, you know, go yeah. inside praying that, okay, they shouldn't come to my house today, you know? Wow. So he'd be like, oh, go inside. I'm like, no, I'm a little kid. Like, no, you're not a little kid, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. He, he made me became a man when I was little, you know, any decision I make, like, if I, if I messed up in that decision, like, it's your decision, you know, so he always viewed me like a man, you know, which helped me, you know, he talked to me things, talked to me about things you wouldn't probably tell a 10 year old kid, you right. know, let me understand this repercussion for this. And if mm -hmm. you do it, you know, it wasn't like, love relationship when i came to america i said like love relationship like ah. sometimes like why are you doing this yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? it's but different never, for you yeah it's different yeah, for me I so like mean. i never had that my dad didn't call me my mm -hmm. dad didn't tell me i love you to mm -hmm. me i know he loved me so yeah. like he probably never told me that but i know he did you, know, you, know? you feel it yeah 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 i know mm -hmm. it's genuine love you know walk me through Going home, you said the last time you were home was for your, in February for your dad's funeral. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Emotional time. Mm -hmm. What was that like? After I heard about the death of my dad, I was emotionally down, mentally mm -hmm. down. You know, I couldn't sleep because it's like you're scared of losing someone again, you know. Till now, I still talk, because of that, I, still, I talk to my brothers and sisters and my mom every day mm -hmm. because it's the worst feeling, you know. You never seen someone for a long time. You haven't seen someone for a long time, and the next news you hear about them is they're, they're gone. gone. You know, yeah. kind of hold me, kind of made me down, you know. And and the last time I talked to my dad, I wanted him to stop drinking. You know, mm -hmm. he was drinking a lot, and I wanted him to stop drinking. And we had an argument about that. Mm -hmm. And he said he's trying, but it's so hard. And I understand why he's so hard, you mm -hmm. know. He's already addicted to it, you mm -hmm. know. And, and 
we didn't really finish the conversation in a good note. Mm -hmm. And the last time he called me, I was in practice, you know. So when I tried to call him back, it wasn't, the phone wasn't going. So mm -hmm. I was actually planning on calling him that day. Then I had the news that he died, you know. So that kind of messed me up really bad. Mm -hmm. Even in school, mm -hmm. in basketball, I was so, I was down, you know. Damn. But I would just keep praying, you know, trying to stay positive and stay strong, not doing sure. anything stupid. Yeah. And going back home even made it, I would say going back home made me happy, but at the same time it was just sad that my dad never saw who I am, you know. Right. When my mom saw me, she didn't even know who I was, you know. She was like, how you got this now. big, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I would just imagine how my dad was going to feel, you know. Everybody was like, damn, I wish your dad saw this. Mm -hmm. Your dad like, been yelling, you know, shouting. And, and I understood that because yeah. he wanted me to, he wanted to see who I'm going to be in the future, mm -hmm. you know. He, that, is, that, that has been his number one goal, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see what you're going to be. Like, I want to see, I want to see. I have so many people that said I'm not going to do this. I want you to do that, you right. know. I had so many people fighting me. I didn't get to this level. I wanted you to do this. I wanted you to do that. And for me, seeing him laying down, not be able to talk and mm -hmm. just eyes closed was really a sad moment, you yeah. know. And when I saw my brothers and everybody was crying and it wasn't a good time to go home. It wasn't a good reason to go home for, mm -hmm. you know. I didn't even want it to go home, you know. I didn't want it to believe he's dead. Even after I had it, I didn't believe he was dead. Of course you know? not, man. That's what I could do with. I didn't want it to believe it. And one of my uncle told me, going home might be the greatest thing in terms of clearing your mind. Because if I don't go home, I might still have this doubt that he's still living. And I was like, okay, I'm going to just go home. And I went home. It was good. At the same time, it was bad. Because I had a chance to see my family. And it also reminded me of, reminded me how hard it is at home, you know, and how I got to come back and increase the way I grind, you know. Mm -hmm. Now I got to grind harder. I got to understand. Now it made me understood you can't mess up, you know. You have families, you have younger brothers looking up to you. And it was just crazy. I see everybody around me looking up to me and telling me, hey, we're waiting for you. Hey. We're so proud of you. Even people I never seen before, you know, and mm -hmm. that brought joy to me and motivated me to come back here and play harder, you know. And no matter what I'm going through, I just gotta be grateful and play harder, you know. So it sounds like you got closure, you got motivation, but most importantly, it brought your family together. You say mm -hmm. you speak to your family yeah, more yeah, often now. Yeah, yeah. I How's that situation now? Yeah, I just, I'm not going to lie to you if I, because you don't want to, the worst thing in life is hearing someone that you love and never told them you love them and you had the dead, you know. Now you want to tell them you love them when they're laying down. Every you time know? you see them. Yeah, it's hard, you know. You know, I never told my dad, oh, I'm so proud of you. Even because he, he probably felt like I'm always arguing with him, you mm. know? But I was, 
It wasn't like that, you know. I always loved him, you know. I knew he had the best interest for us, but we never had that. Yeah, this is, I, you motivated me. Everything you told me was real, you know. Mm -hmm. I never told him that. He never yeah. told me his own part, you yeah. know. And we all kept it. Both of us kept that thought to herself. And seeing him die and me telling him when he was laying down, didn't feel real, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So ever since then, every day I call my brothers and sisters, yeah. my mom, even my relation, like, hey, I love you, you know? Yep. Um, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I want you to know you, you're doing the best, you know? You're doing really good and mm -hmm. I'm proud of you, you it's know? It's important. Just that, because <laughs> losing people, it's, it's, a, it's like a nightmare to me, you know, especially the people I love. How did the opportunity come for you to escape Nigeria Mm -hmm. and get here to the States? I had an opportunity to go to, to, go to um, a school called Arlington Country Day in Florida, mm -hmm. but um, didn't go to the school. Went to go stay with someone else in Mississippi instead of me going to the school. And living with that person was, was tough. You know, mm -hmm. he was, um, he felt like I came from a country that I don't eat, that I don't give us food, that everything is a struggle, so he don't have to do that for me. So mm -hmm. he wanted me to just play basketball. So he was like, this is what you're going to do. If you don't do it, you don't get none. Mm. So I did, I, I, and I wasn't playing the sport, you right. know? And because also he felt like he's going to try to make me a good player, but he was not going to force me to play because I didn't like the sport back then. And come home, he's like, okay, no food. <laughs> I ain't getting no food. Didn't give me nothing. It's just then the next day I wake up, you know, follow him to the gym, you know. It was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard those few months. And that is how I got to the shelter, you know. And I went to school one day and fainted because I didn't get didn't enough. Eat. Yeah, I didn't eat, you know. And they asked what's the problem was like i haven't eaten for like two days mm -hmm. you know you know the only thing i eat or manage to eat is probably maybe when we go to ymca i like look around because sometimes kids leave coins on the floor and i pick the coins and walk like 30 miles to walmart and go buy me like a loaf of bread yeah. and try to squeeze it you know hide it because if he sees the loaf of bread he's gonna take it away you know and I was just managing that, you know, probably eat one bread, drink water, try to manage that bread for like a week, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I didn't know the rules about America. I didn't know anything, you know? I didn't, I didn't have no friends, you know? Nobody to talk to and I didn't have no phone. And, and every time I managed to call my parents, I, I like lied to them like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm good, I'm doing good, mm. but, why didn't you I, want to tell him the truth? Huh? Why didn't you want to tell him the truth? It's going to cause panic. So I knew I was going to be good, but I didn't know what time and I didn't know how, but I knew for some reason I'm going to be good, mm -hmm. you know, and they took me to the shelters. And that's how I escaped from being no food to getting food and now staying with people that just... So you must be a master at adapting. You've been in... Situation after situation, bad situation after bad situation, 
but here you are, you made it out. Yeah. What's your biggest takeaway from all of that moving and all of that adapting and adjusting? Just keeping your head up. Like, no matter how hard hit me right now, no mm-hmm. matter how hard life hits me right now, I'm gonna keep my head up. It's, I know it's going hard, mm-hmm. but I know I always have this mindset that no matter how hard it is for me, it's going to be good someday. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to bring myself down. Like, I'm never going to say, I'm never going to accuse my life or accuse God for doing or for making things hard for me, you know? I feel like everybody has their own cross, you know? Mm-hmm. We all have a path to follow in life. And sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I'm still human. Sometimes I still... <laughs> Still wish is not like that, you know? Yeah, Sometimes just, I just think about it, worry about it. But at the end of the day, I still know it's going to be fine. You right. know? I still know it's going to be fine. No matter how hard it is, I still have this belief it's going to be fine. Yeah. Talk about the transition to when you realize that basketball can change your life. First, it was the opportunities that basketball was giving me, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Think about how many kids in America right now wish they could go to school without paying loans, For you sure. know? And I understood that. And I wanted to use this, use basketball as an opportunity for me to pave a way for myself and my family. You now, today, what do you go back home to them and tell them about your experiences now? Um, actually, that's one of the things I'm planning to do. Um, God helps me, I got to the level I want to play basketball, is um, letting the people at home understand how being positive helps, Mm. you know. So you have goals to eventually go back home and just be a a positive figure in your community. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had goals doing something to help people financially, mm-hmm. but mainly I think you don't just give people money. You don't just give them businesses. You have to let them understand they need to learn how to value those businesses, those mm-hmm. money. And before they value that, they have to value their own life, mm. you know? That's so real. Putting drugs into yourself, you're not valuing your life. You so know that don't kill you, mm-hmm. you're still doing it, you know? And sometimes I feel like that's disrespectful to God because God created you to, to love yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're not loving yourself, you know. Instead, you're killing yourself. Right. Yes. You see yourself going to the NBA? I do. Yeah? I do. This year, just like, just like you talk about the ups and downs, this year I've been dealing with injuries, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm still playing, you know. I've just been dealing with some injuries. But I see myself going to the NBA. I have that goal. You know, it's something that I'm proud to talk to myself about. And I'm not scared to say it. Nah, I can feel it through you right now. No, I'm not scared to say it. So outside of the NBA, you see yourself representing Nigeria? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, they talked to me about playing for them one time. Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of hard to go college and the schedule, you know. So I have to go to school. And I'm taking hard classes. So yeah. I, can't, I can't just leave the state like that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Man, bro, you're an inspiration to everyone back home. I'll Thank tell you that right now. Thank you. Your father will be extremely proud of you, bro. You're doing everything that he wanted you to do. Thank you. And you have goals to make your, your city better. Yeah, yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. Francis, yeah. 
This has been a pleasure. Thank you. I can't thank you enough, man. You. I'm going to make sure I keep up with you. Thank keep you. following your journey. Thank and you. I wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you. Thank you. For your man, Chris Kosizi Strawn. That's Francis Okoro. This is African Sports, baby. We out. <laughs>